Good day, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Wilderness Wanderings. I'm your host, David Noland, and I will be your guide on this weekly journey through the scriptures as we study together the wonders of God's Word. Now, I think it's reasonable that we begin this journey together with a quick word of prayer. Father, may the meditation of my heart and the words of my lips be pleasing to your spirit and draw all to your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's start this series off by way of introduction. As I mentioned at the top of the show, my name is David Nolan. My bride, Sarah, and I have been married for a little over 22 years. Together we raised four kids, that's three daughters and one son. We have eight grandchildren and two cats. We regularly fellowship with a Bible-believing, evangelical, multi-generational, multi-ethnic congregation in our local Austin, Texas community. I have been a Christian and avid student of the scriptures for nearly 30 years. I have written and taught many Bible studies over the course of that time. I have served in a missionary capacity in numerous locations across the U.S. and around the world. My mission with this podcast is to present you with brief, easily digestible, relevant, and relatable insights into the scriptures without compromising the truth of God's word. With that in mind, I'd like to take a few minutes to share with you about my conversion experience. I grew up in a small rural town in southeast Louisiana. I was a reasonably intelligent kid who graduated high school with academic honors. Like most kids my age, I participated in summer baseball leagues and played a year of high school football, but I didn't really have a great deal of athletic acumen. To this day, I still love baseball and football, but I'm content to simply enjoy from the sidelines. Like most kids my age in the Deep South, I also regularly attended church. I was a part of a small country Baptist congregation that was, in essence, a second family to me. While I attended, it was really mainly a social activity for me with little to no immediate spiritual impact on my life. I was a normal kid who mostly stayed out of trouble, but I was a bit of an arrogant, prideful loudmouth until my senior year of high school. That year, I just wanted to coast under the radar and graduate and head off to college. Like most of us, I got my first summer job less than a week after graduating, stocking shelves at the local Winn-Dixie supermarket. My first interview for that job took place on May 16, 1990. After that interview, I was scheduled to pick up my mother for lunch from her job, about 20 minutes away, and then return home. I was running ahead of schedule, so I decided to take a short side trip down a road I had only been on once before. In a matter of minutes, I soon found myself going too fast into a steep right curve into the path of another vehicle, causing a head-on collision. My car was totaled and flipped at least once, but it was by the grace of God I escaped with a few scratches and a black eye. Unfortunately, the two passengers in the other vehicle did not fare as well. The elderly driver suffered severe facial injuries, and her daughter in the front passenger seat suffered massive trauma resulting in death. The images of that day still burn in my memory 30 years later. It was also that day that all of the memories of the lessons from Sunday school and innumerable sermons of God's grace began flooding into my heart and mind, playing over and over in my mind 
was Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I didn't really understand what I was saying or even thinking, but I do clearly remember praying, God, if you are who you say you are, and your grace is everything you claim it to be, I need you now. I've screwed up, and I need your forgiveness. My parents were a constant source of support during this time, helping me to keep my head on straight. Over the next few days, several friends and acquaintances called and visited to send their love and support. It meant a great deal to know that this is what the body of Christ was supposed to be. But that didn't release me from the guilt and the nightmares that still tortured my soul for the next several years. After that summer, I went on to college and became involved in a couple of different campus Christian organizations, the Baptist Student Union and Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship. To this day, I still keep in touch with many of the brothers and sisters I made during that time, through both organizations. Out of an abundance of gratitude for my own salvation and God's grace shown to me, I began pursuing summer missionary opportunities. Over the next few years, I had the chance to travel to South Arizona, Hong Kong, Mexico, and the deep bayous of Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana. For three years, I worked at our campus radio station, where I hosted a contemporary Christian music hour. As a result, I had the chance to interview a number of amazing, popular artists that were coming through town. Somewhere along the lines, I began to experience some personal spiritual frustrations. Things weren't going the way I thought they should. Life wasn't going as smoothly as I thought it was supposed to, and God's blessings sure weren't as apparent in my life anymore. I went through a string of ungodly relationships, dropped out of college, moved out of state, and then abandoned my faith for a short time. However, in 1997, God showed up again. While I was living in San Antonio, Texas, working in a call center for a major airline, the Reverend Billy Graham came to town for one of his crusades. I did not attend the crusade, but several of my co-workers either did or at least were impacted by the Holy Spirit during his arrival in town. During the course of that week, a Messianic Jewish lady, a Pentecostal gentleman, a full gospel lady, a Calvinistic Lutheran student, all approached me in their own way and shared their faith with me in a non-invasive way that I politely tried to dismiss. On Thursday night of that week, I tried to drown those voices with a bottle of alcohol. The next morning, I groggily and with a massive hangover, woke up for work, put on the only clean shirt I had and grabbed what I thought was my day planner, shoved it in my bag, and rushed out the door to catch my bus. I got to work, sat down in the call bay, and started taking calls. It was a slow day for a Friday with low call volume. A young blonde lady, who I had been admiring from afar, sat down next to me, and started talking to me. Apparently, she noticed my shirt, which happened to be one of my college Christian t-shirts. It turns out she was a counselor at the Billy Graham crusade, and she pulled out her binder and started asking me questions about the material in between calls. I just wanted to dismiss this conversation, but 
This is the girl I've been wanting to talk to for months. So I humored her. At one point, while she was still on a call and I wrapped up a call, I thought I would try to change the subject by pulling out my day planner and start planning out the next week. Well, as it turns out, the day planner was not in my bag. The book I had picked up on the way out the door was my black-covered Bible. It was at this point that I gave up. It was time to stop running. That evening, in my apartment, I called the local church to see if they had a bus ministry or a way that I could get picked up for worship that Sunday. I was assured there would be a bus to pick me up on Sunday morning. That morning, everything brought me to my knees. Every song spoke of grace and returning home. The sermon was even on the parable of the prodigal son. The invitation song was an old hymn that I had known for years. Lord, I'm coming home. I was shaken to my knees, and I could barely contain my tears. A few weeks later, one of the ladies of the church, who had been sitting on the same row that day, told me, I could see God was all over you that day. And he was indeed, and every day since. I'd like to say life has been all roses and rainbows since then, but it hasn't. I've fallen on my face and sinned more times than I could count. But every time, Jesus has been there to catch me when I fall and put me back on my feet again. The Christian life is indeed difficult, but it's not without its rewards. James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Out of my story, there are three things I want you to take with you. Number one, Jesus is very real. His grace is very real, and he will change your life if you simply let him. Secondly, discipleship matters. Unfortunately, in my early experience, I never had any personal discipleship. I simply joined a couple of groups and followed the crowds. The two groups had wildly varying theological perspectives that led to confusion and discouragement. It is important to graft yourself into the vine and commit to a Bible-believing congregation and find a mentor in the faith. If you're already a mature believer, it is actually your responsibility to seek out the young in the faith and take them under your wing and mentor them. Finally, Jesus never promised the Christian life would be easy. In fact, it's very hard. G.K. Chesterton once observed, The Christian life has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. It's not for the weak of heart. But Jesus did promise that he would be with us every step of the way. When he stated in Matthew chapter 28 verse 20, For I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now let's talk about what Wilderness Wanderings is all about. There are numerous stories throughout the Old and New Testament scriptures where we see the historical figures spending extended periods of time in dry, barren wilderness areas. 
The Israelites wandered through the desert of Sin on the Sinai Peninsula for 40 years as a result of their unbelief and doubt. Elijah traveled 40 days and nights through the same wilderness following the victory at Mount Carmel. Again, a wandering that was motivated by fear and doubt and discouragement. However, in Matthew chapter 4, we see Jesus was, quote, led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. This was a time of preparation, fasting, and reflection during the time of temptation. In this case, Jesus ended up bringing wonder to the experience of wilderness wandering. So with that in mind, the title of the show is a bit of a play on words as it speaks to two elements. Number one, if you are currently in a dry spiritual place where you are asking questions or you're experiencing spiritual discouragement, this podcast is for you. Maybe you've been struggling with life or you have experienced pain, even from within the body of Christ itself. My goal is to be a source of encouragement to you in the hopes that you will be able to find peace and restoration in your relationship with Jesus Christ and with his bride, the church. Number two, if you're not a believer, but you are struggling with life, we want to be a source of comfort to you as well. Maybe you've never given Christ a second thought. Over the course of this show, we'll be providing resources in the hopes of pointing you to the hope that you can find in Jesus. Now to fill you in on what this podcast is not, I am not here to recruit you into any cults. I'm not here to promote a specific Christian denomination or tradition. My goal is to very simply teach the Bible for what it says about who we are, and more importantly, about who Jesus is. This will not be a platform for debate or inspiring controversy, although I know that simply speaking Jesus' name in public square today is often viewed as controversial. My goal is to simply enlighten you to the humanity and the divinity of Jesus Christ. If you or someone you know has questions about what it means to have faith in Christ, please tune in weekly to this podcast as we explore the questions that plague us and keep us wandering in the desert of life. If you want to know what it means to live a new life unlike any you've ever experienced that will fill you with joy unending, please reach out to us. You can go to our website at wildernesswanderings.org or email at prayer at wildernesswanderings.org. And I will be happy to answer any questions you may have. In closing today's episode, there is one more small surprise. That young blonde that I so casually tried to dismiss, I still talk to her every day. Her name is Sarah. And she's still my bride, and she still takes my breath away. And she will still, and always will be, the greatest gift this side of heaven God has given to me. Thank you for joining me today. Opening and closing music provided by Kevin McLeod. Join us next week as we begin to dive into this concept of wilderness wanderings and begin to unpack what God has in store. Until next time... Let me remind you that God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Have a great week, everyone.